Welcome to Radar, the only music podcast created by ICMP's Radio and Podcast Society. In each episode, we're joined by artists, students, and industry professionals to take an in-depth look into their musical journey, as well as the projects that they're passionate about. I'm James Arlington, I'm an artist and producer, and in this episode, I'm joined by Tay Grace H, a London-based session bassist, producer, composer, and music director. Inspired by acts like Butcher Brown, Nick West, Kiefer, and Jaco Pistorius, Tay discussed the release of her upcoming EP, Thank You, Amma, as well as her journey into session work. Tay, thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Big fan of your music. You describe yourself as a bassist, composer, arranger, producer, and we've just said music director as well. Yeah. There's a lot of eggs in different baskets here. Oh, yep. I like to give myself a lot of uh, work to do, Um, keeping busy and just trying out new things, throwing myself in the deep end. At first, it was a bit daunting, but the more I got to learn, the more I started to enjoy it. And I just love it now. Yeah, nice. I mean, I think a lot of people from ICMP will have seen you around at some point over the past couple of years, even if it's just in the corridor. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, you're you're definitely you're definitely a face that I think a lot of people have have begun to know and love uh, oh, here, especially. Thank you. Last year, you released your track French Toast that you wrote with David Russell. Oh uh, yeah, um, big shout out to David Russell. Um, how that came to be was in the in in the summer holidays. I was having sessions with people nearly every day, just inviting them to my house. And um, it got to the point where my mom was like, who are these people in my house? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the session with David, we made a song and we were trying to find like another section for it. We decided to take a break and work on something different to help more ideas flow. And then French Toast happened. He came up with the chords. We recorded a bunch of percussion and like little oohs and ahs here and there. And we did some drums for it as well. And then we're like, I think we should turn this into an actual song. Um, so we, we just fell in love with the song. And um, yeah, like I'm so happy to have worked on it with him. He's now one of my guitarists for my band um, Vitality. And he's just amazing. So a big shout out and thank you to him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, you've got a couple of songs on uh, streaming platforms and many on the way, I'm hoping. Oh, yes. An EP is coming very, very soon. We recently just um filmed and recorded the last song um for the ep so i i cannot wait it's going to be it's going to be really fun i'm quite proud of these songs um they've been in the in the making for a good while um some of them we got to perform at the fresher showcase some um so it's kind of like a blend of production like stuff so stuff that i've done myself and then some recorded live with the band so a blend of those um so i'm super excited to release it to the world i guess yeah, it's really exciting. And I think that you, you've definitely got to a point where I think that you've got a real sense of accomplishment, not as just a session musician, but as a bassist, composer, arranger, producer, and now music director. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about how you got to this point. Let's talk about your journey into music, because uh, you grew up in London, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about sort of maybe your area and how that influenced your music making and, and yeah. how you got into that? So uh, born and raised in London, um, specifically North London, um, go Spurs. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my family's quite musical. I guess with my family, it's either you have like the music side or the medicine side or the sports side. And for me, I was just really drawn to music. I was a little bit sporty as a kid, but music was more for me. Uh, my dad was a sound engineer and uh, producer and um, played a bit of keys and synth as well and a bit of guitar, I think. And um worked with a few artists uh and he just told me about the people he worked with and uh yeah I 
I guess with my family, we always had like good music playing in the house. My mom, she used to play violin and uh, when she was quite young. And then just the music I grew up in, it's like blends of like jazz, R&B, funk, things like that. I just, I, I, I couldn't stop being around music kind of thing. Uh, the first instrument I played was uh, violin when I was eight up to when I was 11 and then moved on to piano at uh, 13 and then moved on to bass at, uh, just before I turned 15. So it's been like a lot uh, of different things happening here and there, but it's been like, it's been an incredible journey. I'm quite um, happy with how things have been like turning out uh, musically. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I didn't know that uh, that you started on violin. Yeah, I. It sounded like a screeching cat. It was <laughs> so it, like. Um, I mean, I. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was only supposed to be for a year um, when I was taking the classes, but I loved it so much. They offered for me to like keep going with it, and so I begged my parents to let me like have like more violin lessons. Um, so. Yeah, the more I did it, the more I kind of just really enjoyed it. But then I think once I got to like secondary, it wasn't really like for me anymore. I wasn't really, I was getting more a bit into like production. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't that great, but I was like really fascinated by it. Um, I guess from seeing like what my dad was doing in the house, seeing his music equipment. And then, um, yeah, uh, violin just kind of like slowly faded away. And then I went to learning a bit of piano. Because I knew that I always wanted to do music, but I was like, "Where can I find my like? Where can I land my feet?" Kind of thing. That's interesting. That bass is sort of like the most recent instrument that you've learned as well, in yeah. a way, because that's sort of become what you're what you're best known for, essentially. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of those inspirations, you, we've said before, like you've got a bit of Jaco Pistorius in there, Butcher Brown, and Nick West. How have those inspirations shaped the way that you play bass now, and how you consider the way in which your sound is heard by people? So um, when I first started bass, I didn't know um, too many like well-known bass players. Uh, I knew like uh, pianists and uh, guitarists, things like that. But bass, I wanted to know a bit more. And then I remember seeing a documentary on um, Jaco Pastorius, and I thought I need to find out more about this guy. I was looking at his songs, um, like songs he was playing with Weather Report and um, just like videos of him like doing solos and things like that. And I was like, this is this is so different to what I'm currently learning. So I went to my bass teacher and I was like, Jacko Pastorius, I want to learn more. <laughs> and then I think the more I got to know, I just like couldn't stop listening to him. I, I just became a big fan from, I think... I think once I turned like 16, I was just like, I want to kind of be, um, if anything, I want to be able to play Jacko's songs, kind of like know a bit more about the musician he was. Uh, So yeah. And then Nick West, she was just like, she was, she's incredible. Like, I I think she, she stood out to me. Um, I remember my dad saying the world needs more female bass players and I didn't know many female bass players, but Nick West, she was like Nick West and Kinga Glick, but like, especially Nick, she was, she had, like, the mohawk, like, in a different color. And she was just always out there with what she wore and the way she played. I think she played for Prince once as well. And I thought, like, she's just a big inspiration to a lot of female musicians out there. Um, and she and she's different as well because the way she dresses and the way she is, I just think she just stands out. She doesn't fit in a box, and I love that. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that she's not afraid to have that sense of standing out from the crowd. And yeah. in terms of what you're listening to and in terms of what you're what you're putting out now or getting ready to put out, yeah. how do you think that those influences have, have shaped that in terms of your new music? Oh, so I, I really love that question. Um, so, for example, like Butcher Brown, I I realized when I write music, especially if it's for a li- for a live band, I always focus on the drums first, which is really weird <laughs> just to hear myself say. Cause, but it's like I I love to write complex stuff. I I love learning difficult songs and things like that, and I kind of like to challenge myself. And um, I remember like one of the songs for the EP I gave to my drummer. It was it, the inspiration for one of the songs for my EP was. Uh, inspired by a song by Butcher Brown, but also inspired by a song by Kiefer. And, like, I was so focused on the drums and bass need to be fully locked in, and then the chords just have to be really, really lush. And when I gave it to my drummer, he I knew that he could play, because he, he's ridiculous, he's so good. But he looked at me, he was like, yo, the, what is this? Like, this is complex. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, he was like, I like it, you're giving me something hard, you're giving me a challenge. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean... um, yeah, they they've definitely like made me realize that like, I'm really drawn to that kind of music. Um, I guess if you call it like contemporary jazz, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's I think, what I've always called it. I think that fits the margin. Yeah, and I've just been so in love with it, listening to it. I make like the ugliest stank faces and <laughs> playing it, and it's just like I want to do something like that. I know I'm not at the level yet, but trying to get there, and it's just. It's just so, so fun just creating things like that. Like, the possibilities are kind of endless. Yeah, definitely. I've known you for a few months now, and I've sort of seen you in action in various different places. But um, in terms of this session work you've been doing, how did you get into that? And what were the steps that you took to to sort of get your face known in that industry? Well, I kind of always, like, knew session work is something that I've always wanted to get into um, from when I was, like, 16. Um, it's, like, the realisation of... I would be able to play for artists and even get paid for it, which is great. Mm. Um, but um, the first time I got into that was playing for an artist called Alicia, and I still play for her today. Um, and I think I was 16 or 17, and it was, like, during the summer holidays, and we just started getting a few gigs, and um, she just became, like, an artist I played for. And then I think posting content on Instagram kind of helped me get more contacts with people because I'm quite shy uh i do get anxiety at times so talking to people can be a bit um daunting for me like in person uh that's definitely improved over the years but when i was a bit younger i couldn't do that so talking to people on instagram was a lot easier and they'll be like could you come in for this session or this and that and um it kind of just pushed me um to keep going and uh yeah i think over time, it's just like the more I did it, the more contacts I got to make. And yeah, I think social media kind of helped with that. Uh, I guess the way things are now online, it's just um, social media kind of plays a big part in that, getting contacts and networking with people. I mean, at the time we're recording this, you know, your Instagram is popping off almost 6,000 followers, uh, which is pretty amazing, if you ask <laughs> me. Uh, you've worked with some great musicians on Reels, people like Ethan Jams and Kieran Keys. Uh, do you want to talk about how you got into that sort of content creation? Yeah, so, um, well, with Ethan, we've been following each other for a while on Instagram. And then I think the summer last year, I think last year, uh, I was at a gig to see um, to see Kiefer. And um, when Ethan came up to me, I was like full on anxious because I was just like, what's the people? 
but he was like, oh, you're Tay Grace, right? And I was like, uh, yes. And um, I, I recognized him, but I just couldn't get his name. And I was like, what's your name? Sorry. He was like, Ethan. And because I was anxious and also like my hearing was like so loud. I was like, oh, heathen. And he was like, no, Ethan. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Um, but then I checked Instagram. I was like, oh, Ethan. Because like that's where I knew him from when I messaged him. And then I think from there, we kind of just like kept contact a bit more. It's like, oh, uh, like he sent me something to do like bass on and I sent him a few like things I was working on to do like some collaborative reels and that was really really fun he's amazing and he's been doing so so good yeah he's been doing bits I mean I, I first discovered Ethan on TikTok uh, in summer last year yeah probably only when he had a couple hundred followers and I think he's on something like 50k now <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous and he did that video uh, he did the 24 karat magic yeah reel which got that recognized so by cool. the guy who did the vocoder on the Bruno Mars track. That's so sick. Which is ridiculous. You've done some other big sort of collaborations and your your, your face has sort of appeared in some big videos as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, for example, I guess one of my inspirations, Adam Neely, for like uh, bass playing and, and just like music theory. He's um, like, I, I watch a lot, of, a lot of his music theory videos um, he had like a viewer submission thing that he does, and me, my mate, it was like when I was in college. My mate Will uh, was like, "Oh, I have like this little beat. Would you want to play bass on it?" And I did. And then I saw Adam Neely's like submissions are open. I was like, "Will, should we like submit this?" He was like, "Yeah, go on." Yeah, the just first, go for it. Yeah, the first time we didn't, we didn't get, we didn't get picked. But then the second time, someone messaged me. She was, he was like, "Oh, congrats on being in Adam Neely's video." And I was like oh, yeah, for his q and I got answered on a and a He was like, no, like, your, your video's in the view submission. <laughs> no, you're there. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was just ready, I was just, like, ready to go to bed. I was like, oh, my days. I was like, no way. I, I saw it, and I was like, this is so cool. And it was when I just, like, started, like, doing production videos. So, like, the videos were, like, still kind of rough, but it, it was so cool. I was just like, wow, um, that that was incredible, and um, I felt very happy about that. Um, because then he he messaged me after and was like, "Yeah, really cool video and things like that." That's um, crazy. Yeah, I, I was so happy. And then like another time being in another video is like I got the chance to work with a few musicians from Berkeley. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was it was a year I got accepted to Berkeley, but. Um, it was just like so expensive. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna go there. It's big money to make that move, especially. Yeah, I don't it, think people realize that like from the get go. Even just paying for the auditions, it was so much money. It was just like a lot, yeah. But um, I was still proud of myself for getting in and, and for auditioning and stuff. But I turned it down. But my friend uh, got in contact, like recommended me to someone who goes there, and she said. Yeah, I'm working. She goes to Berkeley, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm working on an arrangement of a Patrice Russian song, and would like you to play bass." She sent me the scores, and um, shout out to Roella. She's um, absolutely incredible, incredible musician. Um, I feel so lucky to work with her, and um, we like I she I I recorded bass, recorded my video. I was like 18 at the time, and I sent her my videos and. Um, yeah, she put it all together. It was with a bunch of female musicians. It was so cool to see. And then I got told, yeah, Patrice Russian's going to see this. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Forget me nots herself. Yeah. Oh, my. I, I was literally like that. I was like, oh, wow. She like, so it was like being premiered at a masterclass she was doing for Berkeley. And we were invited. 
it was like 2 a.m. on Zoom. I had class like the next morning and I'm just like in my pajamas. And when they say my name, I'm like waving, but it's like so dark because the lights are off. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, I'm Tay. And that was it. And um, But she really liked it and it was really, really cool. Um, and uh, we, yeah, I think it's actually been um submitted for like a competition uh in italy or something uh and like i think we won so like big congrats to oella for that like wow. <laughs> yeah that was so cool and i was just so happy to be a part of it but it's like the next morning after that call um with everyone my bass teacher freddie was like so taylor was on a call with patrice russian do, do you want to explain anything about that because <laughs> we were like about to study her song um forget me not and i was like uh just telling you about it but yeah I, I feel very like uh grateful to be able to be a part of that to be fair yeah, that must have felt like a proper pinch me moment. Oh, yeah. My mom and dad were so happy. They were just like, oh, my gosh. We used to listen to her back in the day. And I was like, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 was, it was so cool. It was so, so cool. I'll never forget it. Well, I mean, you, you've just mentioned, obviously, that you, you've listened to a lot of music and you've sort of had that musical blood within your family. Yeah. How did what your parents listened to shape the way that, like, you consume music now? Uh, my family, so we, my my dad, for example, he worked with a lot of reggae artists um, as he grew up. So he started like doing music, I think he was like 17. Um, like he built his own little studio in his room and then started to work with people from there. Uh, like the music he'll play in the house, like reggae, dub, it was, it was always like, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, uh, I remember like me and one of his friends um at the fresh and then like oh yeah your dad told me when he like worked with like shaka khan for something and i was just like what <laughs> like what i was like no way it's like yeah i think something when she was in london which was pretty cool and um yeah it was it was nice like when he showed me like he did a bit of like electronic stuff as well he went by the name ama digital which was like his initials and then digital when um my mom she played a lot of like r&b soul like stuff from the 90s 80s and funk like they had they have like a huge collection of vinyls, like so much. And it was just like being able to hear that in the house. I just like, it just never stopped. I, I, I just loved hearing, like, even on Sundays, if I come over to visit, as soon as like my mom comes home from church, putting music on, just listening to it through the speaker. And um, I think having those influences as I'd grown up, I was like, um, I just feel very grateful for that. So like when I hear certain songs, I'll be like, yeah, I knew that. My mom used to play that to me when I was young, or my dad and stuff like that. And it was just really, really cool to to be able to be around that, to be fair. Yeah, nice. I mean, in terms of like what my family listened to, it was mainly sort of stuff from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's a sort of different scope, but we sort of both ended up being in the same sort of sector of the music industry. Yeah. Sort of funk, soul and jazz. Pretty awesome, man. Yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's sort of what people, I suppose, know you for now when it comes to those genres. Yeah, that's kind of like my main drums that I go to a bit of neo soul here and there as well so um it's really it's really funny to think about it because when the first song I learned on bass for example was uh basket case by green day oh wow I, I was <laughs> I, 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 that was from request I I really I was really into green day when I was like um 14 so I was like please can we learn basket case and I thought that was really cool 
And then, like, I would be, like, on the bus in my prefect uniform. Like, I had my, like, school uniform and my prefect tie. Both prefects then in high school. Oh, my gosh. Damn, yeah, high yeah, five. High yeah, five for definitely. that. High Heck five. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and everyone's, like, looking at it like, oh, she looks so, like, kind and, like, and, and cool. But in my headphones, just hearing, like, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and I'm just, like, yeah. I'm, like, listening to Killing in the Name, Bomb Track, and, like, um, Take the Power Back. And I'm just, like wow if they could hear what i'm listening to now and I'm, and it was just like and then over time i was like getting back into like what my mom and dad would play me and stuff like that and um even for the artists i played for i played for mainly like uh neo soul r&b artists m- most of the time I'm quite versatile versatile but that's who i usually play for and so yeah it's just like different genres like that it's just it's just so so fun I mean, those aren't necessarily types of music that people would expect from you do you have any hidden talents apart from music um, I don't know. I mean, uh, if you call like, okay, so I guess more like hidden interests. Okay, I'd say. yeah, hidden passions. Yeah, I was really into uh, online game developing. So uh, I did study a bit of computer science uh, growing up, and I was really into that from like age twelve. I actually wanted to do that instead of music for a bit. Wow, I was really torn between the two. Um, so I, yeah, I was really into that as a, as a kid growing up. And then I think from the, between the age of like 12 to like 15, I was really into that. And, um, yeah, I was, I was like really interested in it. I wanted to be like, oh, I wanted to create online video games and stuff like that. Um, and then I also got into media, um, specifically editing. So I use like LumaFusion for like editing everything. Nice. Um, my dad got that for me and I'm so happy that it's finally on like for Macs now because before it was only for like iPads and I would edit on like this huge iPad, like the size of a Mac that my <laughs> dad had. And whenever people see me, they're like, that's a huge iPad. I was like, yeah, I know. They were like the classic iPads though. They were like the OG, like sort of, they were huge. Yeah, but these ones, I think this is like a new one. I think it was like an iPad Pro or something. And oh, it was, like, damn. Yeah, but it was like a really, big one and um i would use lumafusion to edit like on that and now i use it on my mac but um yeah i i just love editing videos um uh, if not for me for other people um so uh it's it's kind of like i i've i would watch a few videos as well within video editing just to learn a bit more um just to yeah just to give myself a bit more things here and there um i guess with hidden talents i don't really have much hidden talents unless you can call uh, clicking with your pinky fingers. Uh, no way. I, so, I want to see that right now. So I can't really click like this. I don't know how people do it. What, with the middle finger? Yeah. That's like the standard, like... I cannot do that, but I can do, like, with my pinky. No way. Yeah, I was just like... So <laughs> That's ridiculous. This. Yeah, I was just so... In, so, like, in school, when they made us do it, like, everybody click your fingers, everyone's doing it the normal way, and I'm just like... You suckers can't get on my level. <laughs> yeah. I always thought I was so cool because I could do that. Hey, but, I yeah. still think you're cool. Thank you very much. I, I do still think you're, that you're cool, cool too, man. Thank you so much. Oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Let's talk about session work. Let's go back to that because uh, obviously you've been playing with Sophie Griffiths as well. Yeah. Uh, with Mario, who is also in your band One Day. Yeah. So um, to start off with Sophie, um, I met Sophie in college. And she was on the vocalized course, but I was on the performance course, but we had music marketing together. And, and this is Access Creative College, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Shoreditch. Um, and uh, when she asked if I could be in her band, um, I was really excited because I thought she has like such a lovely voice and I thought she was really cool. And yeah, whenever I play with Sophie, 
it's always a blast. Like, um, I haven't played because she's done a lot more acoustic gigs lately. But uh, I haven't played with her and her in a band in a while. But the next time I do, I know I'm looking forward to it because she's she's incredible. She got on um her song, her cover of "It Must Be Love," got on "I'm a Celebrity" as well as "Love Island," and like that's just so cool. That's two big placements. Oh yeah. I mean, she put out a single a couple of weeks ago called "Mother's Daughter." Beautiful. That seems to be doing really well. Yeah, she it, like it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I love her mom. Her mom's the best. Um, I think Sophie's just like a big inspiration for a lot of people. And it's just like when you're working with a certain artist that makes you feel like you're having the time of your life, that's basically Sophie. And I think being able to play with like people like Mario in the band as well, um, we haven't actually, me and Mario haven't actually played together yet in with Sophie because... Um, He's done more acoustic gigs with her, but now that he's like part of the full band, um, I played with the previous drummer. But um, I know that anytime I play with Mario, though, regardless, it's always a vibe. Like you mentioned, um, we're in a band called One Day, and it's like a, it's like a funk rock fusion um, trio, and we play songs from like animes, video games, um, with our friend Vince, our good best bird Vince. I love Vince. Vince is the best. He's the sweetest. Vince is so cool. Yeah, he's 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 absolute sweetest. I mean. Uh, Mario and Vince are two of the kindest people you could ever meet and the best friends anyone could have and um, being able to play in that band with them it's always a laugh it's always like the best Um, we recently did like a gig at Colours Colours in Hoxton I was there the audience was we didn't expect the audience to be so big we were just like oh my goodness that was a massive turnout it was so massive I was just like no way Um, but it was so so fun um we played like the 16th opening from Naruto, and that we just heard off like one of our friends singing <laughs> in Japanese, and the audience were just like, "Oh my gosh!" We did a song from Persona Five, uh, "Life Goes On," which is one of my favorite songs. Um, I've only just started like playing Persona Five, uh, but yeah, I think because we're we're all very close friends. We've like Marion visited each other since secondary, but I've known these guys since um, college, and. We're quite a nerdy bunch. I mean, sometimes <laughs> we they would like come to my house and what we would do is we invite all our friends over. There'd be like eight to ten of us. Everyone bring in their Switches, like their Nintendo Switch, and just have like a full day of gaming and just get very competitive. Like I have like the golf clubs for Mario Super Golf. And <laughs> um, yeah, and I've got like certain controllers, like Animal Crossing controllers and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's just really fun being with them. So when we create originals as well... Um, we have something like kind of keeping the essence of that. So whenever playing with them, it's been, it's always a, a laugh and I love it with, with those guys. Yeah, they're a really great bunch. And you've also been sort of working with some mentors over the past couple of years as well. Yeah. Uh, happy recently. Yeah, so I feel so grateful to work with, to be able to get the chance to work with Happy. Um, I don't, um, at the moment, um, I really would love to um, soon. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I would give a shout out to, uh, Miss Ackland, who was like one of my mentors when I was in high school, and she got in contact with me, um, like, she, like last year, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing a few sessions. Like, I, I work. I think it's, I forgot what it's called. Uh, but uh, they they do like sessions with a few young people, and Happy was one of the like production mentors, and they would like get a car to come and get me and take me to um, the place and. It's like this really cool house and like I would meet Happy and we were just like 
work on music. He would help me with my songs or like he was the first to hear French Toast and he was like, yo, this is sick. And I was like, so happy. It is a um, banger. We, did, we actually did an Afrobeats like remix of it and no it's way. so cool, yeah. I want to hear that. Oh, I got to show you. It's so cool. Oh, that sounds great. And um, yeah, happy is just like, he. I think I, I learned so much from like the way I would, for example, uh, do drums on Logic. It's completely different now just because of him and a lot of stuff I've learned on Logic and just production in general um, was for him. So I want to say like a big thank you to him. Like he's doing incredible now. Like I've seen his like remix reels on Instagram. Always coming up on my explore page as well. He's so cool. So like when I got to like work with him, I'm just like, He's so, so sick, but uh, I think we uh, we both just got busy. I got really busy, and I wasn't able to go to the sessions that much lately, but I think the next time, if I ever get another session with him, like, I know I'll be having the time of my life because he's just, like, so, so awesome. What a guy. Yeah. Big shout-out to Happy Music. <laughs> Big shout-out to Happy Music. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come to a few questions now from the Radio and Podcast Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one I've got here is, what musical and life advice would you give to 12-year-old Tay? This is such an interesting question. I love it. I honestly would say, if you enjoy it and you love it, go for it. Um, 12-year-old Tay would always just like listen to what other people would say. A lot of discouragement from like a lot of people would just like bring her down, I guess. Mm. Um, in secondary, a lot of people didn't, they would like judge a book by its cover. And yeah. I know I was a very nerdy person with, like, glasses and braces and stuff. And I didn't really have, like, a lot of people to hang out with. And so they'll be like, oh, you're really bad at music. You should quit. You should do this. And I nearly did. Um, but well, you said you nearly went into coding and game development. <laughs> yeah. And because I, I thought I wasn't really too good. I, wasn't, I thought I wasn't good for music. But um, I realized now, like, if I were to tell myself, my 12-year-old self, I'd be like, just wait to see how far you, you're, you're going to go. Because there's some really cool opportunities that's been happening, especially one that's happening in, like, next week, and I'm so excited. I can I cannot wait. And it's just, like, stuff like that. It's like, if 12-year-old Tay could see what I'm doing now, she would be, like, very proud and more like, is that me kind of thing. Um, mm. So it's just, like, more like believe in yourself because you're good at what you do. Just don't let anyone stop you kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really important to celebrate those achievements as well. Yeah. Um, we've got another one here, which I, I think is a good link to this, but it's, who is someone in the worldwide bass scene that, in your opinion, is severely underrated? Oh, that is interesting. In the worldwide bass scene. Um, okay, so there's, like, a few bassists that I'm, like, really, really into, that I really follow. I feel like cartoons, I feel like he's very well-known in the US, um, maybe not as much in the UK, but he's, like ridiculous like his reels are crazy so good yeah. so so good i remember seeing him come to, when he came to london and it was just him and his bass and his keyboard and i'm just like this dude is actually killing it everyone's just like loving it and it's like it's so cool seeing a bassist get that much love um but um i know that when i talk to him about to other people around here they're like oh i don't know him that much and I feel like people definitely need to get on to to cartoons yeah he did some work with the count recently as well yeah Oh, the count. The is so count. Cool. I, dude, I was so happy when I, I, I think I, I, the first time I entered the count challenge, I came second, and I'm just like, what the heck? Craziest like, drums in the game. Oh my, I love his packs so much. I love all his like um, drum packs. It's ridiculous. Like him, Kaylin Ellis, so so good. <sighs> that they put out that mixtape last year as well. Um, if I was to choose like another bassist, that's like very low key. Um, honestly, Asaf, Asaf bass. Okay. Like. That dude, I don't think he realizes how much of an inspiration he's become to me. Um, seeing his reels 
like he does production too but like dude knows how to hold down a groove like just mm. re- it's just so good man and like it's kind of like makes me want to keep going so um just seeing him do what he's doing it's it's so so great um yeah there's i think a lot of the bases i've gotten to know over the years like uh so many of them are like like just killing it so much um so uh yeah there's there's also a girl called um isabel i forgot her i forgot her last name but um she played at the jazz cafe and she opened up for richard boner and she like she just had like her bass her looper pedal and she was singing as well and i thought like this this girl's killing it like i just loved like seeing her play um but uh yeah like she was like doing like these really nice solos and things like that and i thought i would just love to be like her one day kind of thing um but yeah i'd say like people like them like they're they're just killing it in the game right now yeah definitely i mean you make yourself known at gigs you go to a lot of gigs the first time we met was at a gig at anomaly Oh yes, Anomaly's gig. That was a that was a really cool gig because he had like a masterclass before um, the show, and um, he's a really really lovely guy. Um, I remember like he was he took our emails so that he could send us like a free piano pack. Nice. And, yeah, but I was so nervous, like my hand was shaking, that when I was writing my email on his phone, I accidentally pressed the emoji button, and he looked at me and said, "You put emojis in your emails." And I was like, <laughs> "No, it's just my thumb." I was like, "It's just my thumb." I'm just really nervous, but yeah, no, he he. I think he's one of my um, another big inspiration for production. He's an absolute beast like i have a whole playlist just full of his songs and just one of the nicest people um to me i i felt very lucky to to meet him and his basis is crazy as well oh my god <laughs> dude the bass solo that he did at, at the gig in london was just madness it was just so good and even he's just like got a straight face while he's playing he's just like yeah i know i'm killing it yeah it's like i just love that it's just and his bass is just really lovely i think it was a i think it was a p bass it's just really really beautiful like a mint green um, with like a cream pit guard. It's just like so, so cool. Well, I mean, when it comes to gear, how much do you value it when it comes to your music making? Oh, uh, you know, I'm only just getting back into being like a gearhead. I was such a gearhead when I was like 18, um, 19. And it's just, um, I used to buy so like much pedals and like music equipment and things like that. Um, I'm trying to like wait for a new synth. I'm just like looking at a few I recently got like these Roland wireless um uh like jacks uh so it's it's kind of like you you just plug in one into the amp and one into your bass plug and play yeah and it's just like so it's so cool I was like this is like magic they've got a really good range as well so if you want to run into that crowd you can honestly it's it's it was so cool when I when I tried it cuz um my boyfriend Balu tried it and he was like you need to get this I was like nah it's not all that it's like try it and I was like <laughs> I actually really like this. I started using it for gigs and things like that. And um, so, like, big shout out to Balu for thank you for telling me about that. And then big <laughs> shout out to Ben Jones for telling Balu about that. Oh, Ben but, Jones. Yeah, I think also, like, their pedals. I recently got, like, a synth pedal from um, Roland. And it, there's, like, one setting that makes the bass sound like an organ. Ooh. Ridiculous. I'm just like, it's kind of like, it's so weird. It's like wizardry. That's so um, cool. Yeah, I, I tried, I brought it to lesson last week and they're just like what on earth is that and i was like <laughs> oh i'm gonna be using it so much but yeah i used to be really into gear so i i, I guess i still am um i'm quite picky with what i get now um because like will i actually use it it's like even with bases 
I only just use my Dingwall now and um it's just become like my prize position and um yeah I used to be like that with I'm still learning a bit more about mics and stuff for production but um when I'm like recording with certain like guitars and stuff like that I can be quite picky um with gear I, I just don't like using any type of like how can it benefit me and my work and what I'm doing do you still have Josh Dunn's drumstick Yes. Oh my gosh, you knew about that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so it was really funny how that happened. My, I was like, so I was a big 21 Pilots fan. I still am. I have all their songs on my phone. I like skeleton click forever. And basically when, um, my, so basically a friend of my mom's like worked uh, where she worked. And um, she was like, yeah, I'm working with a few people. Um, I'm working with um, this person that like works for 21 Pilots. And I'm just like, Mum, is there anything you could do to like... It's the biggest name drop ever. Yeah, I, I was like a full-on diehard fan. I was like, yo, I, I was in my blurry face era. And my <laughs> mum was like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, what is that? And she brings out a drumstick. And it's like proper like beaten like drumstick. And it has like, it was like signed by Josh Dunn and Tyler Joseph. I actually cried. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, my mate from work, she was like at the sound check. Well, her friend that works there was at the sound check. And I think she asked them if they could sign this drumstick for you and everything. Because I think her friend was like, yeah, what is there anything she wants like signed or something? And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I, it's still on my window, still at home. People, there was like a girl in my school that was like, I'll pay you for it. And I was like, no. No way. This <laughs> yeah. is a prized possession. Yeah, that's never leaving. I was just like, that. I remember going on Instagram. I still have like the post from when I was like, 15 and I was like thank you so much mom a bunch of emojis like <laughs> like skeleton click forever and I was just like oh my gosh oh, but, what a time to be alive I know right yeah no I I'm I I love them so much their music definitely helped me through so much so yeah great bands we're gonna wrap things up shortly but just to finish off you mentioned briefly the EP earlier yeah so that EP it's called just to give a bit of like hints uh, exclusive hints? exclusive yeah no way. i love exclusives <laughs> yeah um it's called thank you emma which is like the name of one of the main songs on the track on on the ep it's one of the songs that i recorded with my band um emma standing for angie mark anthony harvey my dad one of my biggest inspirations and it's kind of like a thank you to him um the artwork is really cool my best friend josie that i've been friends with since i was like four years old they did the artwork for it and it's just like a, a drawing of my cat holding my microphone and like <laughs> me like using my dad's keyboard and there's like a sticker of one day on my laptop and my Gundams and like and it's really cool and it's just like it's mainly like contemporary jazz mixed with a bit of like I guess instrumental hip-hop it's all instrumental um so there's like a few with my band Vitality and some just like that I've done myself almost like in a vibe of like Kiefer because Kiefer really inspired me for a lot of the songs um it's like um it's gonna be six songs and I'm I'm super excited the first song that will be coming out first it'll be a single coming out soon called South Bank and I love this song so much I I actually it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever played um with my band and the artwork is so cool because every band member has been turned into an anime character <laughs> so it's just like it's right up your street really yeah we're just like we're all just like vibing while playing our instruments in the drawing and just like uh sweating in like the anime and it's just like it's just so cool it's like big shout out to Nalia for that thank you so much for that but yeah, Thank You Emma will be coming out very soon. Release date to be announced very soon. But yeah, I cannot wait. 
This is really exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, People can find you at Tay Grace Bassist on Instagram and on the other social media platforms. But yeah, new music on the way. Tay, thank you very much. Woo-woo. Thank you.